Hallelujah. Lift your hands up into the Lord and give us some praise. If you're a saint and you know that the kingdom of God is at hand, that the kingdom of God is coming, and you know that there's a God that's coming for you one day, and we're going to be lifted up in the air, you should be the one saying, I am one of those, and I'm going to march. I am part of that. I am part of that group. I am part of that testimony. Praise, praise, and glory be to God. Amen. God is so good. Amen. There's nothing better than to be in the house of the Lord. There's nothing better than to be captivated by the beauty of His handiwork. When you open your eyes in the morning and you see what He has given you, that is the beauty of His handiwork. Everything that He has given you is the beauty of His handiwork. Praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. And all the time, God is good. Praise God. I, I, we're, I'm with the church right now that knows what's going on. It's important to know what's going on. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I want to give honor to Pastor. I don't know if he's here. He might be somewhere in hiding. But that's okay. I want to give him, give him honor anyway. And, uh, you know, for the, and not only Pastor, but also for you guys who support the praise team, uh, the worshipers, the, the ones that say, hey, you know what? No matter what comes your way, things are going to get rough, and, but stay strong in the power of his might, and, you, and God will see you through. Jesus will see you through. Amen? Amen. Let's be strong in the Lord. So today I'm going to start with a few words here. The word of the Lord is, you know, it's, uh, it's great. It's beautiful. It's, it's, a, it's a song all by itself. And that's what we're going to talk about here. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 1 through 11, the Bible says, Now upon, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces, this is the women to the earth, the men said, they said this to them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered unto the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And the Bible says, And they remembered his words. And returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest, everybody. They didn't just go back and just keep it. They went back and shared in the testimony. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. But in Luke 24, 4, two men stood by them, again, in shining raiment. If you would pray with me here today, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the greatness, O oh God, of your word, Lord. It teaches us everything we have to know. There's nothing hidden, Lord God, under the sun, Lord. There's nothing, Lord, that's going to be hidden to those who say, the Lord Jesus Christ is my God and my Lord. He is my Savior. Lord, you will open up our understanding, Lord. You will take away the scales from the eyes of those who've been covered. And, Lord, you will anoint them, Lord, to remember all your word, Lord. And all these things, Lord, will be a good thing unto them. And to them that will speak unto them, Lord. Lord, we stand in your glory and your presence. And we thank you so much with the, from the bottom of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God.
Praise the Lord. God has a magnificent way of teaching us what he wants us to learn. Uh, Many of the times in our lives, I think we struggle with one of the most certain things uh, we call doubt. And so the message of this, or the title of this message is, When the Music Stops. And the reason I named it that is, I want you you to picture in your mind who you are and what you're here for. God didn't pull you out of darkness to be silent, but to, to be a vessel and to sound something and to say something. And in saying that, there's a, there's a famous composer by the name of John Cage. And John Cage passed away in 1992. He composed this music piece, which he advised in his death, that it should be played as slow as possible. I don't know if uh, any of you have ever played a piece of music at a certain pace, but you know that once the tempo is lost, it seems to not sound as good as it did the first time or when the, you originally first heard it. And you say, I don't like it that way. It doesn't sound like I want it to sound. But there was a beauty behind his thinking. There was a thought, something that most people would probably not step out and do. He, he kind of, uh, you would say, took that chance. And in sharing his, his, his thought and his, his way of thinking, people took hold of it. Now, there's another piece of music out there, and I don't want to talk about this one because this one's a little bit more extensive. Uh, this particular music by John Cage will play out for 639 years. Yet when played in just one, just one sitting, at its regular pace, it could play for 28 to 29 minutes. But he said, not this one. This one, I want it to play as slow as possible. Therefore, extending the time into such a way. Not as long as a thousand years as another piece of music plays, but only 639 years. Interestingly enough, this piece of music was, uh, again, originally uh, designed by him in 2021 is when it first uh, began to play. It was played simply because John was no longer around, but he had a dream. He had a hopes of it to keep on. And so he left instructions. In doing so, it began. But when it, before it would begin, there would be something that would have to come forth from this beginning. There would have to be someone who would be dedicated there would have to be someone who would decide to take uh, more to sort of say the mantle to be able to continue playing this music it wouldn't John Cage would not live 639 years none of us would of course if we live in the times of the beginning that would be a different story but we're past that we're now in the today time this organ was designed to specifically play this instrument or this this piece of music. It was designed in Germany, and the people who designed it obviously were musicians. They they knew, they understood the mechanics behind it. They understood the, the function of it, and they understood that this thing eventually one day would break, and it would fail. And in doing so, we know, and they know this, 
John Kay just passed away in 1992. That's almost, uh, what is it, 20, 31 years ago? But in 2001, it began to play, which means it's been playing for 22 years. And somebody has been handling it. Somebody has been tuning this thing. And someone has been going in there, in there and finding when something breaks and needs to be fixed. And they fix it. They have to be also familiar with music. They have to be familiar uh, what how things play out. They have to be familiar with tones. They have to be familiar where the uh, the music or the next, which I didn't mention, the next, uh, I don't want to say horn, but it's an organ. It plays pipes. When the next pipe would be put in, installed, and as it plays, it would have to harmonize it would have to harmonize with the first piece, with the first harmonic, with the first sound that was already there before. But also this person would have to be able to identify the music piece and identify that this next one is going to come in, but this other one needs to come out. So the switching in of these pipes was very important. Again, dedicated, knowledgeable, committed to these things. There had to be someone who would train them up. And obviously, the person that would train them would have to be somebody who had already dealt with it for maybe five, six years, depending on how old this individual would be. It would be an ongoing, it would be life-changing, life-changing event. It would be a dedicated event. Those who would be trained in the future would have to believe in this cause. They would have to be convinced that this cause holds and still has a sense of worth. This, this is what this this, perp- this is what this purpose is for. This is, there's meaning behind it. These people would have to have the heart and believe in the same thing as those that were, that were left in charge and taught them. They would have to be able to read the music, I said earlier. But when they would read the music, they would have to be certain and not doubt. Is this the right note? Is it the right key? Is it the right pipe? And so we know that this pipe would be changed out and it would be replaced. And hearing the sound and being able, so if you were deaf, you couldn't do this. You'd have to be able to hear it. They'd have to be able to trust in what they saw. They'd have to be able to trust in what was written and composed by the composer himself. In this case, it was John Cage. But then looking for three generations, and I'm just, I just kind of began to visualize this into the future, supposing it does get that far, the next, in the, the next one's lined up, that next person that's going to come up and is going to take hold. They're getting ready to take hold of this position, and he gets cold feet. This person steps up and, and be, you know what, I just, he says to himself, I can't do this. I'm going to fail. But then I mentioned earlier, more experienced organ specialist, composer, musician. <clears throat> we can call him here more the keeper of the tone because this is what this instrument is going to do. It's going to play a tone. Who is officially still in charge of the music. He or she steps in. I say he or she steps in and begins to speak into the ear of the next and the future keeper of the tone. So there's a teaching that's going to pass on to be able to not only hear the music, but understand it's, it's the switching of it, but also maintaining it so that all this, all this comes into play. And so as he's teaching, he begins to tell, or she begins to tell, you're going to do a great job. I will walk with you. 
I will do a few pipe changes with you. I'll show you the tempo of the music and I will make sure that you know all the pipes and how they are numbered so that you are on the right tone. But the one thing you don't want to do, listen, the one thing you don't want to do is don't let the music stop. Because when you let the music stop, it dead, there's dead space. It's useless. Dead space has no sound in it. It's noticeable. It's stale. It's stagnant. It stands out like a sore thumb. Yet a sore thumb is more preferable because at least you've got some throbbing going on. While you, and I'm going to say I, we are in charge of this device. And I'm now putting us in that place. We cannot let the music stop. The one thing that causes any musician to fail is doubt. Doubt comes because of uncertainty. They become perplexed. Anxiety follows shortly after. And then the mistake steps in. We can become uncertain when we are missing some form of information or details of what we must do. However, this doesn't mean what details we don't know weren't ever mentioned. I have been... I've been told things and didn't remember then uh, because they, they were not important to me. Somebody shares something and, and I kind of threw it off, you know, off, off the cliff. Okay, that's really not important, at, at least at the time. And when I needed it most, I wish I had listened and heard what they had to say. Doubt causes us to fail. Yes, it is because of our human nature. It is because of our human nature. But don't underestimate the power of the Holy Ghost. We can make mistakes as children of God, yes, and we can. Hopefully they are all unintentional because intentional ones are going to be harder to deal with and let go of. But if they are unintentional, it was unintentional. Doubt is one that doubt is one of those things that I have failed at the most. I have at times not believed certain things. That could, uh, could and would happen in my life. And this is a part of my testimony. But the more I live it, the more I realize, the more God proves my heart as to where I stand in my faith. So our perfection is through Christ. It's not through the things that we do. Our understanding is through the Holy Ghost. It's not through our own understanding. And the lives that we live are no longer our own, but for the Lord Jesus. When the women were at the tomb... Of our Lord Jesus. The Bible says that the women were there on the first day of the week, early in the morning, ready to apply these spices to the body of Jesus, and yet God was proving the hearts of the women who were present. The Bible says they were perplexed, which means in doubt, and they caught off guard. Thayer's definition says to be entirely at loss, to be in perplexity. But in Luke, Luke chapter 24, verse 4, two men stood by them in shining raiment. I didn't put the whole scripture up there, but I wanted this particular one, this piece. And they weren't there, they weren't there just to be flashy, though they were literally flashing. But they were, they were there, again, they were not there to show up, but they were there to give a message. In Luke chapter 24, verse 5 through 8. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? Is he, not, uh, he is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you while he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, 
and be crucified and the third day rise again. And again, I repeat, and they remembered his words. Things that seem to not be important at times can fly us by. And we let go of those ideas and those thoughts, those words. And again, hoping that we would have heard them the first time. I'm pretty sure they had regrets. But, praise God, they understood where they stood. And again, whose word did they remember? The words of Jesus. So that the, this, this was an important piece of their information. Something they had forgotten for the moment until this, these two men reminded them. And they didn't just stand there. They took off, the Bible says, to tell the others. In Luke 24, 9, and returned. And this is they, they returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. Hey, guys, guess what? The stone is rolled away and Jesus isn't in it. So now they know. Verse 10 identifies the women who told them. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which are not named, which told these things unto the apostles. There's an importance about not being named sometimes. There's an importance. And just as the women were perplexed, the men did not believe the words of the women as we read and find in Luke 24, 11. Here, doubt is still in the midst after they have seen it and they have declared it and they're back and telling them. And it says, and their words seem to them as idle tales and they believe them not. As these women testified of what they saw and heard, the men heard it as idle tales, referring to the stories that are, again, useless as dead space. It's no good to us because they didn't believe it. They didn't hold to it. Those words, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. They did not believe their testimony. I would think it would be far to say that we can stop calling Thomas the same, you know, the per, we call him the doubt, doubting Thomas. Here we also have Peter, so... Hope that doesn't, it's not a trend that picks up, but it doesn't only say that Peter, it says, and in verse 12, Peter takes off to arrive at the tomb and, he, and to find, and just as the women have said, he's now convinced that something is at bay. And Peter arose, this is 24, 12, and ran to the sepulcher, stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which was come to pass. I'm still wondering. He was still wondering. I mean, he remembers the words, but he's still thinking. I mean, did these, re these women really? I mean, these are women. These are women. I mean, did they really see this? Maybe they imagined it. Maybe somebody, you know, maybe somebody. And, and so their minds began to drift. But God always has a way of bringing us back to reality. And I'm talking about his reality, the supernatural reality. We can get lost in this world and be caught up in the things of this world. But when God wants to pull you out of that caught up, that bound up thought, God will bring you back and say, hey, I'm still here. And I'm going to prove myself to you. You would think that the end, that would be the end of it. It stops with the apostles. But in the scriptures, we, it, it identifies in verse 13, uh, one as Cleopas. They are obviously discussing, they're walking, they've left after Peter has uh, seen this and, and said this. He's gone back. And these two have, have, have decided to take a stroll to Jerusalem, which is about seven and, seven and a half miles away. I don't know if I would walk that far, but they were doing that. He asks them, Jesus then appears to them. They don't know it's him. He, he hides his countenance and he's, he starts to ask them questions. Consider what he's hearing from them and how they are of a sad countenance. These guys are pretty sad. Let me talk to them a little bit. They share with them what has happened as far as the death of Christ. Of course, uh, that is after he asked them, 
as I mentioned earlier about, about it, not that he doesn't know, but he wants to hear what they have to say. What is your testimony? What do you believe? What do you know? It was very much the same from what left the house to this very place. And, they, and it says, and by the sound of their words, after all they have heard and seen, they still had doubt. Listen to what they say in Luke 24, 21. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. We thought it was him. It was him. They had not yet, they had not yet moved into that stage. They, God had not given them yet, and I, wonder, I, I like to repeat this, had not yet given them the Holy Ghost. There couldn't be that when something is in you, you can't deny it. When the Holy Ghost is in you, it's undeniable. Someone can try to convince you that you don't have the Holy Ghost, but you know for certain that the Holy Ghost is in your body. You know for sure that God is working in your heart because there's actions that come. There's convictions that come with that. And there's a love that comes from God that's in you and that it emanates from that. It's him. Thank you, Jesus. And they were saying to the Lord Jesus, not knowing it was him, as I said, it says, uh, we were certain that he was the one who would redeem us, and yet, yet he was there. So still hiding his identity from them, he says to them in Luke 24, 5 through 26, and he says unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? So here he is, he's almost reprimanding them. He is, he's confronting them. Don't you know this? He spoke to them when he, he's come alongside them and Jesus is repeating and telling them that when he's already, something that he's already told, told them. He's talking to them about Moses. He's expounding on the scriptures. So Jesus takes it a step further. He doesn't stop there. He decides to go ahead and walk as, as when they turn off to rest. He's like, all right, they're, they're, they're turning off. I'm going to keep going. And he keeps going. The Bible says that then they constrain him. I want to, hey, well, where are you going? Why don't you just stay here and rest with us for a bit? It seems like you don't know much and you seem like a stranger. I mean, you didn't know about Jesus. So how about, and so Jesus decides, you know, he, of course, that's not in scripture, but the idea and the thought, you can kind of gather that. They see, they, they want to help him out. But what Jesus is really doing, he's getting ready to help them out. He's getting ready to tell them something. And again, as he, as he by inviting him, they, wanted, they want him to rest with. So Jesus does this in Luke 24, 30 through 34. The Bible reads, as so, and it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave them. And their eyes were opened and they knew him. You hear me? They knew him. They understood and he vanished out of their sight. Jesus, why would you do that? After we know who you were and we identified you know, the, the words and how our hearts and how we felt, you, why would you disappear? But there's a reason for everything that God does. And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Didn't our hearts burn? Wasn't that exciting to hear it again? I mean, coming out of the mouth of someone just as Jesus spoke it? Wait a minute, it was Jesus who spoke it. This is why there was so much fire within our hearts. Because the king who wrote this word, the king who preached this word to us, was telling us his very word. 
And they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us? Praise God. And they rose up that same hour. All of a sudden, they're not tired anymore. Evening? Isn't it evening? Yes. But we just got a word. And we just realized that Jesus is alive and we got to go. They get up. They go to Jerusalem. They found the 11 where they're gathered together. And it says, in, and with them, and they were all with them. Now, I'm going to say even the women were with them because it's them. It doesn't refer to the women. Remember, it doesn't call them by name. They don't need the, they don't need the credit for some reason. But that's okay. But it's them. They're there with them, saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. What are you talking about? He's appeared to Simon. But I thought, yeah, he's alive. And something happened. So in that very hour, it becomes clear to them. They have taken off. They have come to the presence, I'm sorry, to the realization that God is alive, that Jesus is alive, that he has resurrected. And they return back to Jerusalem where they originally were from. They needed to come back. The apostles would be including, again, I said the women earlier. They shared with them. Uh, they transpired uh, or they were discussing. Jesus appeared, stood in the midst of them as they began to share. You know what? Jesus is alive. Jesus is. It's him. And as this happens, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, just as we're here in the room, something appeared. I used to say Jesus appeared just like that out of thin air. And that's the God that we serve. And we understand it. we read the scriptures, they were in fear, they were scared, they were afraid. But he said, peace be unto you. And if you were a Jew and spoke Hebrew, it would be shalom. Be whole, don't worry, I'm here. I'm going to take care of this. There's nothing you need to worry about. I understand that you're a little bit in doubt, but that's why I'm here. I understand that you can't play that sound. You can't seem to be playing that musical piece that I left for you. So I'm here. I'm the composer. I am the creator. As a matter of fact, I didn't only compose the music. I also created the instrument that's going to play the music. I am here to give you instruction. I'm here to tell you how to fix this device. I'm here to tell you that this device, it's going to fail from time to time. But in doing so, recognizing that the composer, the one that I who made you, I can fix it. But you got to learn how to operate it. Because if one of the pipe blows, you know what happens when one of the pipe blows? It can no longer produce sound. When it can't produce any more sound, then happens, then takes place the music of not happening. You have the music that stops. And that was the one thing that we should be concerned about if it ever happens let's not let the music stop let's keep it going let's keep the pipes fixed let's maintenance it let's go back in there and and look at what's going on let's reread the music make sure it's the right note it's the right sound let's, this this the gospel was something of a building it was at the beginning but then we also have the the epistles that teaches what the music should end and sound like at the very end at the very end, you know, there's a ta 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 there's a closing. And, 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 and all the instruments come in, and it's the grand finale. And the Bible teaches that, the grand finale. How does the Bible teach us the grand finale? Well, I would jump right to it towards the back and just tell you that we are always thinking about and talking about Elijah and Enoch, right? We're excited, like, man, I wish... I would, man, if God would just take me up. Well, the Bible does say that if we're still alive, we're going to be lifted up. It may not be a chariot of fire, but we're going to be lifted up. 
we're going to be carried up and the dead in Christ shall rise. And if we believe and we trust and we say, God, you know what? I'm not, I heard the words of the apostles. I understand the words of the apostles. I'm going to obey. I'm going to follow through. And there'll be a peace that comes with that. There's always a peace. So these people are in panic. They see Jesus. Jesus is there and like they're thinking, this guy is a spirit right now. And the Lord say, you know what? Touch me. Put your hands on me. I'm flesh. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm hungry. Do you have anything to eat? And they give him a broiled fish. And he eats that. And I think there's something else. I can't remember what it was. But he didn't complain. He probably blessed it. This is good. Man, it's been prepared for me. I know it's for me because he was there for that moment. And he was there for that hour. Amen. John Cage passed away in 1992. But in 2001, the music piece was known as the organ two played as slow as possible. It took off without John, the composer of the music. But he left instruction, instructions. Some people designed the machine to make music and they began. These people were put in place, not because someone told them what note it was or how to play this thing. But they started because they were able to read the music. They were interested. They had a passion for it. And they could understand it. Oh, I know what that is. They could identify the tone, the sound. It was beautiful. Just like the gospel to us, when we hear the gospel preached, it's beautiful to us because it gives life. It revives. It brings. Uh, it, it, it redeems. It anoints. It, it, it takes away heaviness. That's what the Bible does. The gospel of Jesus Christ. They, have, uh, they would have been, these people that, that designed this machine, they would have been known uh, to take the next step, to change the tone. And they would have to make sure, as I said earlier, that the harmony of the music was right. It would not, it would, they would have to make sure that they would not deviate to something different. It would be the masterpiece at the end of 639 years. It would have to if it worked to be that far out. Many of those who would be dedicated to themselves or be dedicated themselves to seeing this music play out would never know how it would turn out. Throughout out six, I guess six and a half, 6.5, 6.4 centuries, assuming that it would continue on. And so they would hope and trust those that they put in charge would not deviate from that which was entrusted to them. Here's something interesting. In, in 1361, which is 639 years before John Cage the music would be played, which it would begin, the production and the completion of the first modern organ, organized keyboard arrangement, was completed. 639 years to the moment that they began to play that piece of music, and that piece of music will play for another 639 years. And I started to think, what a timing, what a perfect uh, moment for it to come in and make the decision hey this is when it's going to start and 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 everybody get ready and the machine has been built and here comes the first pipe what are the others of that of that just as john cage composed a music piece jesus composed our music pieces just as other men designed and put together an instrument to produce the sounds desired god designed you and me as instruments just as men were instructed on how to operate this device, I said earlier, God instructed us how to operate this device. And he walks with us. 
And as we at times feel doubtful and we can't make it and it tells, and he tells us, peace be unto you, I will show you. I will show you. I will show you how to sound this music piece from your heart. And he has. Your tone changes from time to time, but the music is the same. Sometimes the music will be a victory. Other times it will be of a cry. Other times it will be of the sounding of an alarm. But if the music stops, I hope it doesn't stop. And if it does, it's because Jesus has come back. Because if it has, for any other reason, it's not good. It's not good. Technically speaking, the sound that we make will make an echoing sound into the future. How many of us know that? In other words, the life that we live, the the declaration that we make in our lives here today will sound into the future. The question is, which future do we want to go into? My future, I want it to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm in the word and I'm searching things out and God is prickling my heart. He's, 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 oh, brother Andy, why would God do that? Because he wants to make me better for him. Which also does that for us, all of us. It's not, it's not only me up here, it's all of us. And so in him pricking our hearts, it, all it does, it, it draws us closer to him. It's, it's more of the world leaving us, of our, our, our own desires, and more of him just sitting in our hearts. Amen. The designer is Jesus, the word, and we are the instrument. I'm closing now. Musicians, if you'd like to come. I was like, wow, that was fast. In closing, you are an instrument of God. If the music stops, it's not a good thing. If you desire to be close to the Lord, and if you desire to be touched by uh, the things of God, then naturally we have to saturate ourselves in the things of God. But if I make the decision of not saturating myself in the things of God, then the sound that I make is not going to be for the glory of God. So in doing that, your trumpet, your trumpet, or I'm going to say uh, the, uh, God, I just forgot, the bell horn, <laughs> shofar, that would be the perfect one. Just as this inter- instrument made sounds, we also make sounds. Our sounds for, the God, for our God, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, is going, it's going to be dependent on how we feel at times. How do I feel right now? Do I feel like worshiping God? And you should. And, I, and at times I know that people say, you know what, fake it till you make it. That doesn't work. Don't fake it. Instead, come with a humble heart and admit, God, I don't see, I don't feel, I need you to show me. And God will show you. This is, the God, this is a God, is, our God is a God who manifests himself. The Bible said he was born of a woman so that we could be able to see and touch And as we are able to see and touch, there's a great thing that comes with that. Because we as human beings cannot believe if we, oh, well, I've heard of it. And I've seen it. I've heard it many times. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. But the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your cry is going to be, Lord, I need you. Or your sounding trumpet is going to be, man, there's victory in my life today. Praise God. Or you're going to be the trumpet that says, you know what? It's going to be all right. Yeah. It's going to be all right. Don't you, have, don't you worry. God is going to help you. If you would stand to your feet here today. 
if you have ever felt that your voice has no has no function has no operation i tell you today open your shofar make that sound make a tone be part of the musical piece that god has created you to be you are a glory to god when you start to say lord jesus i'm captivated by your presence and you start i know people talk about the goosebumps and but sometimes it's more than goosebumps sometimes it's tears in your eyes and you can't see what's going on just lift up your hands and say god i am the trumpet today i cry out to you jesus i just want to praise you today today this moment this piece of music right now sounds like praise for you lord and i just want to be that sounding trumpet i just want to be the sounding trumpet other times you're going to be the preacher you're going to preach to someone else but today it's praise it's worship Jesus we thank you Lord you lift your hands up into the Lord unto the Lord just praise him right now for a moment he is worthy of praise and glory he says you are my trumpet you are my sounding trumpet if you would praise me and you know we have scripture that tells us to do that God will be glorified God will be happy God will be joyous with the people that would say I fear the Lord he is my God but I don't fear him because he's gonna kill me I fear him because because he's so good to me and I know what he's done for me he has given me so much amen hope the Lord bless you with this word we're gonna go into the next service we're getting ready to have a prayer uh, moment here and uh, 
If you join us to come for the word, God will bless you with something special. The word always has something special to say to all of us. Amen? Amen. Go and be blessed in the name of the Lord. And we'll see you back at 11. In Jesus' name, amen.